Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Breathe Again Magazine, the radio show. A moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. Listen to real-life testimonies from women and men just like you who have gone from victim to victorious. Sit back, listen, connect in the chat room, and share the show with a friend. Here's your host, author, and motivational speaker, Nicole Cleveland. Hello, 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 and welcome to Breathe Again, the radio show. Yes, it's a moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. We come to you each week to bring you real-life victorious testimonies of faith, testimonies from individuals just like you. They've gone through the fire, they've come out the fire, and they're here to share their story so you are not alone. You know, our mission is to ensure people are not suffering in secret, to make sure that you're not at home by yourself crying, feeling like no one understands you, feeling like you're the only one that has ever cried the tears that you've cried, screamed the scream that you've screamed, and was on the verge of giving up because we were there. We were there. You know, we, some of us can say we've been there, done that, wrote the book. Yes, we really did write the book about it and um, got some T-shirts to prove to you. But we want you to know that you're not alone. We want you to know that you're not by yourself. We want you to know that there is hope in Christ Jesus and there is hope in your situation. So hang on in there, my brothers, my sisters. I tell people all the time, cry if you must. Scream if you must, but once you're done crying, once you're done yelling, and once you're done screaming, wipe your nose, dry your tears, fix your clothes, and breathe again. Dream again. Live again. Because, my sisters and my brothers, we need you. We need you to get through so you can get delivered, so you can get set free, and so you can tell the story to help those that are coming up behind you. So I love you with everlasting life because I love you with the God type of love, that agape love, you know, love, that love that doesn't turn on and turn off. So to God be the glory for what he is doing in our lives and what he's going to do in our lives. I'm excited because I'm here again, and you all know that's my buzzword when I say Yay, I'm excited for yet another day. I really am because we didn't have to be here, but God chose us to be here. And for that, we need to be grateful. We really need to be thankful because he allowed us to see another day. Don't take for granted the the breath that you breathe and what you can see and what you can feel and what you can hear. Don't take that for granted because many did not make it today. Many did not make it today. Today, we have a jam-packed show for you, and I am, I really am, I'm humbled, I'm excited, and I was really prayerful for this show today because a lot of times people don't want to talk about this subject. Everyone knows, and if you don't know, I'll tell you that I am a sexual abuse survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm a thriver. Yes, I went through it from the age of 9 to 13. I had multiple offenders. I said, I've always said that I felt like I had a sign on my forehead that said, touch me, touch me, and um, that's how I felt. So, But God got me through that, and I'm still dealing with some of the aftermath of that. 
But I know my hope is not in myself. My hope is in Christ. But I'm very vocal. I talk about it. I know lots of other people talk about it. Yvette Tatum, love, love, love her. She's a sexual abuse survivor too, child sexual abuse survivor, and she talks about it as well. She has an upcoming I Didn't Know public forum that we're going to get into a little bit later, but that's going to be on April 19th, and that's going to be in Richmond, Virginia. And it's really bringing awareness to sexual abuse. There's going to be some experts there. There's going to be some survivors there. There's going to have information and tools that you can use when you leave out that place. But we're going to talk about that a little later. But a lot of times you don't hear about when the little boys are abused, you know, that is sort of like taboo. You hear about it in the Catholic Church, and they do what they do, and it's um, a, a big deal at that point, and then it's kind of like hush-hush. You don't hear about it anymore. Um, but you rarely hear, it, hear about it um, in the black society. We don't talk about this a lot. We don't talk about little boys being violated, but it happens each and every day. But what are the aftermath? What is the aftermath? What do what happens after they're abused? Do they just shut down? Do they not say anything? Are they so ashamed and so um, so distraught from the abuse that happened that they kind of just go their own separate ways? And many people will die going to the grave because it's just not right and you just don't talk about it. But I have news for you. You better talk about it or you're going to die and go to the grave and you're going to still be suffering. So we're going to talk about that today. My guest today is phenomenal, phenomenal, and I'm excited to have him on the show today. I have Tremaine Moore with me today on the show, and he is a sexual abuse survivor, author of many books. He has a big mouth, and he's out here just really sounding the alarm on child sexual abuse and domestic violence, and he is an advocate, uh, advocate, and have mouth, will open. That's what I'm going to say about Tremaine. So when he comes on the show, you will understand what I'm talking about. Um, but we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to bring Tremaine on the line. But you know I like to start my show off by playing a prayer because we want to set the atmosphere of the show. So don't go away. We'll be right back. You hear our heart this morning? We didn't want to settle. We didn't want to find our comfortable position and put up our tent there and be happy with you blessing me and mine. Father, we understand today that forgiveness and reconciliation and blessing and favor is given for reason, Lord God. It is given for purpose, Father. And today, God, we say, forgive us, forgive us, Father, when we have taken on this attitude, Lord God, of all you've done. Father, use us, God, use us, pick us, choose us, Father. We want to spend ourselves. Father, I want to get to heaven with a life poured out, not with a life that looks perfect, Father. I want it to not look good. I want it to be good, Father. We love you today, Father God. We love you today, Father God. We love you today, Father God. Let our love be seen, Father God, on this earth. Let our love 
be carved out, Father God, on the pavements of our neighbourhood. Let our love be carved out for you, Father. Oh, Jesus, for the lonely. Lord, for the state that we were in. We were in that state, God. Yet someone bothered to take the time and present you to us. We'll never, ever take it for granted. And in turn, we live our lives as a thank you. As a thank you, Father. As a thank you. Amen, amen, amen. I love, love, love that prayer. Um, that's by Darlene Check and Israel Newbreed. And I just really believe that that is how we should be living our lives, living our lives as a thank you, pouring our hearts onto our neighborhoods, our communities. And for those individuals that have been called to us, to that have walked in our shoes and that will walk in our shoes. So we need to be that voice. You know, the Word of God tells us that we're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony, our words are so powerful. They can heal and they can deliver and they can set free just by somebody knowing that they're not by themselves. So I encourage you to not just talk and have mere words, but have those powerful words and share your story so that someone will have hope. We're going to bring our guest on the line. Um, my guest today is Tremaine Moore. He is um, the founder. He is the founder of Mac Man Tree Manuscripts. It's a publishing company with a vision of writing to write the broken soul, like the one in six men who were sexually abused before the age of sixteen. Moore knows what it feels like to be broken, molested by a close family member. Tremaine spent much of his childhood in fear and yearning for someone to take his side. Now, he is a public speaker. He's an advocate. He is the author of several books. But I think most important, you know, he is a voice and he is a child of God, and he brings God in all that he does. So I think that's very important that we talk about that because we know our hope is in Christ. So I'm going to bring Tremaine on the line now. Tremaine, are you there? I am. Wonderful. Thank you so much for um, being our guest on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. You're more than welcome. Tremaine, let's just get into the show. You know, I think this subject is, is much needed. I think it's not talked about enough. Um, I believe the only way that people can find hope and know that they can make it is that they hear other people talking about the same thing that they've gone through. I know that's how I was able to make it. I understood that I was not by myself. I understood that there's other people that have gone through it. I just needed to link up with those individuals. But those individuals need to talk about it. So, Jermaine, why are you so um, hopeful and you are so vocal about this subject, and then we'll get into um, a little bit about your background, but why do you think this is so important, Tremaine? The light bulb went off with me back in 2009. I was invited to speak to my development editor's class, and I was just sharing some poems. And about, I think it was after the second poem, where I just stopped and I just decided to ask a question. I just felt led to ask a question, and the question was simply this. How many of you girls have thought about committing suicide? Because the poem was about starting over. 
and there were 12 girls in the classroom, six of the 12 girls raised their hand, and my jaw literally hit the floor. So I put the poems aside, and I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. What's going on? Why do you want to commit suicide? And these girls weren't shy in telling why they were not only committing suicide, wanting to commit suicide, but even attempting it. And it was all family abuse. It was like their parents were siding with their relatives over them. And Mm -hmm. it was like, whoa. So I realized that their life almost reflected mine. So then I started sharing my story as to what I went through, and then we ended up in a dialogue. And that was my wake-up call to sounding the alarm because if these teenage girls are committing suicide and no one is caring for them, we have a problem. We're going to lose the next generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's so true, very true. Um, and many individuals, they sit and they feel like they're by themselves and no one understands. So thank you for what you did in that classroom and realizing that there was a need. Give us a little background about um, who Tremaine Moore is. Tremaine Moore is one of those introverts that likes to just live a life that's just surrounded by books, music, bowling, and cooking. Those are, um, as you can tell, I'm, I'm a creative arts kind of person. That's the kind of life that I live, and that's where I find my comfort, my refuge, when I'm not in church, that is. So those, those are kind of like my, that's kind of my personality, you can kind of tell, um, just from those activities, what I like to do. I'm an accountant by profession, and I'm also an author by night. So that's who Tremaine is in a nutshell. Okay, and are you a father? Are you married? I am not married yet. I don't have any children yet. I'm going to emphasize yet. I'm just Mm -hmm. waiting for the manifestation of of being married and having children. Amen, amen. Okay, well, let's get into a little bit about your background. When did the abuse start? Well, my abuse is broken up into two areas. There was the physical abuse aspect, and then there was the sexual abuse aspect. The physical and sexual abuse were by the same individual. Um, The sexual abuse was broken up into two parts. Let me deal with the physical and sexual abuse with the first person. That started when I was eight years old. Now, this uncle, I also consider a sibling from an age perspective because he was only two years older than me. I was 10. He he was 10. I was eight. So, Mm -hmm. The physical abuse started for maybe a good two years before the sexual abuse started. And the question that I always get from people is, how did he know about this? I said, well, there are multiple ways that he could have learned. It could have been he got exposed to porno. But one of the things that stood out to me was we used to listen to Eddie Murphy's Delirious, and Eddie Murphy used to talk about homosexuality a lot. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that put a bug in his ear or not, but either way, what's done is done. So the sexual abuse went off for a period of seven months. It went off from August of 1984 to about February of 1985. Now, how my parents found out about it was they found out from the back end where I was numb to the abuse to the point where eventually, you know, when you're numb, you start to enjoy it and you start to actually poke fun at it. So after the abuse stopped, my uncle went back home to New Jersey I told a classmate, the wrong classmate, 
that my uncle pretty much had sex with me. Boy, was that a mistake because it filtered through the whole class. It eventually hit the principal's office, and I got called down to the principal's office, and I had to Mm -hmm. explain what happened. So that's how my parents would find out. Fast forward four months. Now it was about June of 1985. Now I'm staying with my aunt, different uncle this time, and there's also a female cousin involved. And she introduces me to sex. Now, I'm already scared out of my brain, but I give in not knowing what to expect. But at the same time, looking back, I think being involved with my cousin, although I'm not proud of that, it was a saving grace. And I remember telling the teenage girls this, because the question that I get from people is, do you think that you still have a tendency to boys as a result of what happened? And I Mm -hmm. say no because of what my female cousin did to me, it kind of broke the mold as to what sex really was. Actually, it felt more natural with my female cousin than it did with my uncle. So that broke the that particular barrier. Okay, okay. So in the midst of you going through the abuse, and so it was with the, with the uncle and then it was with the cousin, but let's back up a little bit because you said it started with physical abuse. So the physical abuse was with the uncle, so he started hitting yes. on you? Yes, it was like not, not only he was hitting me, he was punching me. We would wrestle, and his wrestling was because, I, you know, I'm a scrawny kid, and he, he was a lot bigger than me even though he was two years older than me. Oh, yeah, whenever it was more of punching and beating me into submission as to what he wanted. Wow, wow. And, of course, the remedy in my house or along the lines of fight them back, I don't want to deal with it. So here I'm pretty much now left to myself. So, yeah, yeah. So now, go ahead. Yeah, I was just about to say that because as a child coming up, especially with boys, it's sort of, and I think we, I'm not going to say all of us have done it, but I know I've done that. When two little boys are fighting in the family, I'm always, well, everyone is, hit them back, hit them back, don't let them hit you like that, hit them back. And so then you're telling people, then you're just encouraging them to fight, really, but you're trying to say you don't let anyone hit you, but then on the other end, you're not understanding that what that leads to either. Is that correct, Jermaine? That is correct. And, again, looking at my size, I'm like, what was my hitting going to do? Absolutely nothing. So he would hit you, beat you, and then have sex with you. Yeah, and that eventually happened yep, two years later. And, you know, this form of manipulation, and one of my sister friends, Resurrection Graves, politely calls it. She calls it grooming. And I believe that that was what he was doing. He may not have mm. known it was grooming, but let's call it what it is. It was grooming. So basically into a submission as to being a target for sexual abuse. Wow. And basically, he would have me do things that my parents wouldn't want me to do. And mm-hmm. basically, it was kind of like he was kind of like forcing me to get in trouble or he would beat me to do things that my parents would want and then use sex as a means to not get him to tell my parents. Either way, wow. I was getting either going to get beat by him or get beat by my parents. So I had a choice. Wow, wow, wow. So when did it come out? When did when did you realize that this was wrong? This is an issue outside of 
you know, the principal finding out, did it ever happen again after that? And then if it did, when did it come out from there? Well, this is broken up into two parts also. When I, when my parents found out from the back end in March of 1985, I initially lied and said that it only happened once. Why did I lie and say it was only once? Because it was a fear. It was due mm-hmm. to fear of my parents because because my uncle groomed me so well, I was known to my parents as a pathological liar. So I didn't know that I was going to get in trouble, so that's why I just said it only happened once. Well, it would come back to bite me because a year later, my mom wanted my uncle back in the house. So the sexual abuse did stop, but the physical Mm -hmm. abuse continued. But let's also throw in verbal abuse and emotional abuse and that would carry on until I was 14, he was 16. And oh. that's when it would come to a final stop because he tried to run away, and then my mom finally sent them back home. So it took something like that. Other than that, my mother on some level was trying to save him. I don't fault my mother now, but looking back, oh, I had a lot of resentment to almost everybody in the family when it was all sent up. But I did tell the truth of it when I was 22. Right, right. So, Tremaine, how does an adult or a parent recognize whether or not it's grooming or it's just two kids fighting or playing because that's what kids do? Because from what you're saying and the way that it sounds, it sounds like the grooming was the fear and it was also a form of bullying and bullying you into submission to do what he wanted you to do and doing what he wanted you to say. So what are the signs that a parent can look for to determine whether it's it's bullying or it's kids just being kids and they're just playing or it's just a, it's abuse. I would say two things. Number one, observe your child's behavior. If you know your child well enough and then somebody enters the picture and alters it, that should be your first red flag. If you if parents don't know who their children, how their child is, then the parents need to really be to blame for this or There's just no way around that one. That's the first thing. The second thing was revealed to me about two years ago. If I look back at my fifth grade year, because that was the year that I was sexually abused, my grades were great in fifth grade. However, my behavior was terrible. Mm -hmm. Almost when it came to behavior and conduct, it showed unsatisfactory and Every time I got that, I, of course, got beat when I got home or I got mm-hmm. spanked when I got home. Mm-hmm. So, and no one knew that that was going on. No one took that into consideration that I was abused. And when I looked when I looked at a couple of years, like I said, when I looked at it in 2012, it was like, I'm like, that was a sign that something was wrong. And that's what I tell um, the academic world, that if you see a child with great with good grades and a behave and behavior is wrong, that should tell you something is going down with that child. And you might want to probe. Mhm. Mhm. Good good information, Tremaine. Good information. Now, I know you have you're the author of several books, so where are you at right now? Because you also was diagnosed with post um what is it, post traumatic syndrome? Post-traumatic stress disorder. I was diagnosed with that in, in 2008 when I was actually trying to be tested for something else um, mm-hmm. because, you know, 
I'm, I have one of those minds that just wanders all over the place, and I can't, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm just one of those people that just always thinks, and I've been thinking like this since I was a child. So I was wanting to be tested for something else, but then the final question was, were you abused? And I didn't even make reference to abuse when I went in to be tested at all. Mm. So when that was the final question, I, of course, admitted yes, and the counsel was like, I already know exactly what you have. You have post-traumatic stress disorder. So when I did some research on it and looking at some of the characteristics, I'm like, this is me in a nutshell. Mm. Wow. So wow. What, I tell, what I tell people now is there has to be a balance when you're getting treated for that, and mm-hmm. especially if you're in the church world, to be prayerful, but don't neglect the natural healing as well, you know, the, the secular healing too. I mean, sometimes we could be one extreme or the other. And as my sister Yvette Tatum mentioned in her book, I didn't know, there has to be a balance between the two. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and that's one thing that I, that I appreciated so much. I'm glad that she brought that up. And that was confirmation that I'm actually saying the right thing. Right, right. Well, you know what? I I commend you, Tremaine. I commend you for being that voice. I commend you for, you know, not being ashamed to tell the story because many people would be ashamed. How are you being received with the story and getting out there and telling it? Oh, my goodness. Where do I begin with that? Mm. Um, I decided to share my fictional memoir, Deaf, Dumb, Blind, Stupid, in 2012, and that was mm-hmm. actually the book I never intended to write. The reason why I made it fictional was because I needed to address not only mental illness, mm-hmm. but also teenage suicide, you know, thinking right. about the girls um, that were um, dealing with suicide. The reception, mm-hmm. the reception has been, I just give God the praise for that. Amen. Because I thought that I wasn't even going to make it out alive during the course of writing, not because of reliving the abuse scene, but I had to go, I had to walk through the path of suicide to write that particular part of the book. Oh, wow. Wow. Isn't that something? Well, Tremaine, um, kudos to you for what you're doing. How can the listeners reach you, contact you, purchase your books? Because you have several books. You want to talk a little bit about them? Absolutely. Um, to answer your first question, I can be found on Facebook. I have a profile page, and I also have an author page. I'm also on Twitter, which is M-A-Y-N-T-R-E. I have a website, which is Maintree, spelled M-A-Y-N-E-T-R-E dot com, and my books are also on Barnes & Noble's website, Amazon's website. Now, my books. I have five books out. Three of them are inspirational poetry books. I have two novels, my first one being Deaf, Dumb, Blind, and Stupid about child sexual abuse, mental illness, and teenage suicide. And my most recent book, Pieces of Me, is about domestic violence in the faith community. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I you will, you will be in Richmond, Virginia next, well, not next month, in April at the I Didn't Know Public Forum 
on sexual abuse, for sexual abuse and bringing awareness and consciousness. So I am going to bring Yvette Tatum on the line, Yvette Allen Tatum on the line, because she's here and she's going to talk a little bit about the actual upcoming forum. And you know Yvette very well. Yvette, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can, I can. Thank you so much for popping on the line. Sure, thanks for having me. You all had an excellent dialogue, man. 30 minutes isn't long enough. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Yvette, tell me a little bit about the public forum in April. The public forum, I'm just so very, very excited. Um, you introduced it very well in, in your opening. Um, we're, we're just trying to raise public awareness and raise public consciousness. We want to raise the awareness to remind people that, hey, this is still happening and it's not taboo. We need to talk about it. And we also want to raise the consciousness because there are people who know that this is going on and we want to convict people. We want to prompt people to move, to do something. But in doing that, we need to tell them how to do it. Who do I get in touch with? What type of counseling is available? What are the laws? Who do I connect with in my community? So sometimes we always tell people to go do something, but we don't equip them with how to do it or what to do. And so we hope to accomplish all of that with this public forum on the 19th of April. Amen, amen. And Tremaine will be one of the speakers, the experts. And Tremaine, what can we look forward to from you in April? Well, that is to be determined as the Lord leads. I'll just say that. Amen. 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 And we'll receive that. We will receive that. Amen. I agree. When I was thinking uh, about, you know, how the whole day would go, I just said, you know what, God, I know what the assignment is, but the way the day will flow and the agenda, that's all up to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, Yvette, how can people contact you or find out more information about the upcoming forum? The They can find out um, about me. I have a personal Facebook page. It's Yvette Tatum on Facebook. They can find me on Twitter at Loost03. There is a, a page on Facebook called I Didn't Know, Identifying, Confronting, and Overcoming child sexual abuse, and it's also on both of my websites, my personal website, which is Yvette Allen Tatum, and my ministry website, surroundedbyfaith.org, and the Yvette Allen Tatum website is .com. Um, The posting of the forum, April the 19th, is posted on both sites. I've been posting it all over Facebook. People can feel free to reach out to me, like I said, on Twitter at Lusto3, My email is loosed03 at gmail.com. The form is free, but we do need you to register so that we can have a head count. It's from 10 to 2. And, you know, our assignment is just to set the captives free. Amen, amen. Well said, my sister, well said. That is going to be on April 19th, Saturday, April 19th, from 10 o'clock till 2 o'clock, and it is to raise public awareness and public consciousness about child sexual abuse you do need to register it is free but you do need to register so i really want to encourage those that are out here listening um if you know somebody that has dealt with this if you know someone that is dealing with it currently 
send them out there. If you're in the Richmond or Hampton Roads area, there's, we're not just going to sit around and talk about what happened to us. We're going to give you some solutions, some things that you can do, where places you can go to get the help that you need. There is people out here um, that is 50 years old, 60 years old, 40 years old, really still struggling and still at that place when they were 10 years old or what happened to them at 8 years old, they're still stuck. So we are here to help them get unstuck. Is that, would you agree? Would you agree with that? I, w- I would agree totally. I would agree totally, help people get unstuck. And then I believe with Tremaine being there, and I just met another young lady who I invited to come, they're going to even add another dimension that's not talked about no more. It Well, not much, and that's the mental illness piece, how it affects people mentally. And then I never even thought myself about suicide, which Tremaine shared a little bit um, yeah. on your show already today. So I'm just glad that those added dimensions will be coming um, to the form. So we, we're going to talk about it, I believe, from a holistic standpoint so that to really drive home the point so people understand you know, how this affects you. Um, I got another person that's going to talk about the generational effects. This mm. is such a tremendous thing that I really just want people to get it. But I believe this is only the beginning, and this is the start of a movement. So this is not going to be a one-stop deal or one shot in the arm, okay, we did our piece and we're done. No, we got to keep going until it's done and it's over with. Um, I found a picture that said, it may not be inevitable, but it is preventable. Amen, amen. Well said, Yvette, well said. Now, Yvette, I'm, I'm sorry, Tremaine, we are ending the show. We are at our final minutes of the show, and I just want to thank you for being on the show. But, you know, Breathe Again is a moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. We don't want people to feel like um, they're coming on the show, they're listening to the issues, but we're not helping them? How do they get out? What do they need to do? So I want you to minister to someone that may have been abused as a child. They may be a boy and they they may be a man right now, but they're still in that little boy place when they were abused. So I want you to minister to them for about a minute right now. And they may feel like they're by themselves, they're alone, but we know that they're not. So minister to them right now, Tremaine. Absolutely. And I'm going to minister a poem, which is the beginning of of the book Death, Dumb, Blind, and Stupid. It's called Who Will Cry? Who will cry for the little child that lives inside of me? Who will cry for the little child dying to be set free? Who will cry for the little child wounded continuously? I will cry for the little child, for that little child is me. If that is you, go ahead and cry and and go ahead and start to raise your voice because your voice will be heard. God bless. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for that. And, and Tremaine, thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you for the work that you're doing. I commend you, my brother, for doing it. I really do. I applaud you um, for the work that you're doing, for just telling the story. Yvette, you know I love you, girl. I love what you're doing. I love everything about you. You know, give a plug for your book right quick because we didn't mention your book. So I want people to know about your book as well. Thank you so much. Yes, my book is the title of the, 
of the forum. I didn't know, and the whole purpose of the of the book is so that no one ever again will say I didn't know. We're gonna break this curse by identifying it, confronting it, and showing you how to overcome it. Amen, amen. Well, that has been our time. I just want to thank the guests for um, coming on the show and really talking about these issues that they're very real, they're alive, and it's nothing to be swept under the rug. We just need to deal with it. So I just want to thank Tremaine Moore, contact him, reach out to him. I want to um, thank Yvette Allen Tatum for jumping on the line as well. So that has been our time for today. Make sure you connect with us. If you have a story that you want us to share, if you want to be on Breathe Again Radio Show, contact us, um, breatheagainmagazine.org or breatheagainministry.org. So that has been our time. God bless you. And remember, I never say goodbye. I always say until next time, God bless you, and have a super fabulous evening. Bye-bye. Taraji P. Henson. In my new movie, What Men Want, I can hear men's thoughts. You On February 6th, catch a special girls' night out screening of the movie critics are calling outrageously funny. Yeah. The must-see comedy. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Amazing! Taraji P. Henson, Tracy Morgan. If you only knew what I was thinking right now. Trust me, we don't want to know. <laughs> what Men Want. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parents. Girls' night out screenings Wednesday, February 6th. In theaters everywhere, February 8th. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect New Year, New You portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. 